the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. There's a lot of pressure on Christians in our culture right now to remain silent, to not speak out against ungodliness or things that are contrary to God's word, to not take a stand. You're feeling that pressure for those of you that are students in school. You're feeling that pressure. You're feeling that pressure at work. You're going to feel it next month at work. There's fear that if you speak out, you're inviting trouble for yourself or you might get canceled or you might lose your job. Are you standing up in the face of cancel culture? It's easy to say one wrong opinion and get yelled at over social media or look down upon because you stood up for your beliefs. Maybe it's the fear of losing your job, losing your relationship, or looking like the odd one out. It's hard to stand up for beliefs that the world thinks are wrong, but don't live in fear. God will protect you and give you the right words to say. Today, Pastor Dan is going to encourage you to remain true to what God's Word says. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew chapter 14 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. We're in Matthew chapter 14, if you want to turn there in your Bible, Matthew chapter 14, Matthew 14, beginning in verse 1, and at that time, Herod the Tetrarch heard the report about Jesus and said to his servants, this is John the Baptist. He has risen from the dead, and therefore these powers are at work in him. For Herod had laid hold of John and bound him and put him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife. Because John had said to him, it is not lawful for you to have her. And although he wanted to put him to death, he feared the multitude because they counted him as a prophet. But when Herod's birthday was celebrated, the daughter of Herodias danced before them and pleased Herod. Therefore, he promised with an oath to give her whatever she might ask. And so she, having been prompted by her mother, said, give me John the Baptist's head here on a platter. Nice. And the king was sorry. Nevertheless, because of the oaths and because of those who sat with him, he commanded it to be given to her. And so he sent and had John beheaded and prison. And his head was brought on a platter and given to the girl, and she brought it to her mother. And then the disciples came and took away the body and buried it and went and told Jesus. And when Jesus heard it, he departed from there by boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the multitudes heard it, they followed him on foot from the cities. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude, and he was moved with compassion for them, and he healed their sick. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him, saying, This is a deserted place, and the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away, 
that they may go into the villages and buy themselves food. But Jesus said to them, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, well, we have here only five loaves and two fish. And he said, bring them to here to me. And then he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass. And he took the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke and gave the loaves to the disciples and the disciples gave to the multitudes. And so they all ate and were filled and they took up 12 baskets full of the fragments that remained. Now, those who had eaten were about 5,000 men besides women and children. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now, when evening came, he was alone there, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And so he said, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith, why do you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. And when they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret. And when the men of that place recognized him, they sent out into all the surrounding region, brought to him all who were sick, and begged him that they might only touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched it were made perfectly well. Well, here in chapter 14, we have a day in the life of Jesus. In verse 1, it says that at that time, Herod the Tetrarch heard the reports about Jesus. Jesus had huge crowds following him. He performed numerous miracles, healing the sick, healing the infirmed, cleansing lepers, casting out demons, even raising the dead. And Herod the Tetrarch heard these stories about Jesus. He heard the reports about Jesus. In addition to that, Luke chapter 8 verse 3 tells us that Joanna the wife of Herod's household manager. So the guy who, who ran you know, the business dealings of Herod's household, his wife had also become a follower of Jesus. And so the ministry of Jesus has reached into Herod's inner circle at this point, into his household. The popularity of Jesus was a concern for Herod the Tetrarch. Now Herod the Tetrarch is also known as Herod Antipas in the Bible, and he was the Roman ruler over the Galilee region where Jesus ministered. Herod the Tetrarch was the son of Herod the Great. Herod the Great is the one who ordered the killing of the babies in Bethlehem. And after Herod the Great died, his kingdom was divided up among his sons, and Herod Antipas was given the area of Galilee. Antipas was 17 years old. When his father died and he reigned over the Galilee for a long time. He reigned for 35 years, including the time of Jesus's ministry. 
Antipas built the city of Tiberias as his capital city. And Tiberias was only about eight miles away from Capernaum, where Jesus was headquartered. You can see Tiberias from the city of Capernaum today. Verse 2 says that Antipas was convinced that Jesus was John the Baptist risen from the dead. Now, Antipas had put John, John the Baptist to death. He executed John the Baptist. And verse 3 tells us that story. It tells us in verse 3, For Herod had laid hold of John and bound him and put him in prison for the sake of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife. Because John had said to him, It is not lawful for you to have her. And although he wanted to put him to death, he feared the multitude because they counted him as a prophet. But when Herod's birthday was celebrated, the daughter of Herodias danced before them and pleased Herod. Therefore, he promised with an oath to give her whatever she might ask. And so she, having been prompted by her mother, Herodias, said, Give me John the Baptist's head here on a platter. And the king was sorry. Nevertheless, because of the oaths and because of those who sat with him, he commanded it to be given to her. And so he sent and had John beheaded in prison. Herod Antipas put John in prison because John publicly condemned his relationship with Herodias, who is described here as his brother Philip's wife. Let me tell you the story. (laughs) Antipas was married, and Herodias was married to his brother Philip. And on a trip to Rome... Antipas stayed with his brother Philip and Philip's wife, Herodias. And during that visit, Antipas and his sister-in-law, Herodias, entered into an adulterous relationship together. And Herodias divorced her husband, Philip, to be with Antipas. And Antipas divorced his wife to marry Herodias. And Herodias and her daughter returned with Antipas from Rome back to Israel to live together as husband and wife. And John the Baptist spoke out against their adulterous relationship, saying it's not lawful for you to have her. Now, Antipas and Herodias were Romans, and their relationship was completely lawful according to Roman law. According to Roman law, you could divorce and remarry as often as you pleased. For example, Herod the Great was married 10 times. Not only was their relationship lawful according to Roman law, it was socially acceptable in Roman culture. It it was normal. Romans saw nothing wrong with this relationship. So when John called out Antipas and Herodias saying, it is not lawful for you to have her, It was not lawful according to God's law, according to God's word. Leviticus 18, 16, for example, if you're taking notes. And I I want you to hear this. I want you to see this. Give me your attention. Please don't miss this. John applied God's word and God's standard of right and wrong to non-believers, to people who do not believe in God, to people who do not believe God's word, to people who don't know God's word, to people who don't attempt to live according to God's word, 
And this is important because all of humanity will be judged according to God's word, not just Christians. All of humanity, everyone, will be judged by God's word. Not, not by the laws of our nation, not by the Constitution, not by what is acceptable in the culture, but by God's Word. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. But first, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. And God's Word and God's standards are often contrary to the morals of the culture and contrary to the laws of the land. Behavior that is legal and accepted and common and popular and celebrated in the culture can be unlawful according to God's word. Again, John applies God's standards to Antipas and Herodias, two non-believers. And he says that their relationship is wrong in God's eyes. That it's unlawful. So that's one thing that we want to note here. The other thing is this. You know, John didn't have to speak out against their relationship. He didn't have to condemn their relationship. He could have kept silent. Their relationship did not directly affect John. So why say anything against it, John? John had to know speaking out against Herod would invite trouble. But he still spoke out against it. He still stood up against it. He called it out as wrong and immoral according to God's word. I think that we can learn from John's example. There's a lot of pressure on Christians in our culture right now to remain silent. To not speak out against ungodliness or things that are contrary to God's word. To not take a stand. You're feeling that pressure for those of you that are students in school. You're feeling that pressure. You're feeling that pressure at work. You're going to feel it next month at work. There's fear that if you speak out, you're inviting trouble for yourself or you might get canceled or you might lose your job. And for us as believers in Jesus Christ, I would say this is a time for us to speak up against ungodliness in our culture and behavior that's unlawful according to God's word. We do it respectfully. We do it in love. But it's not a time to remain silent or to bite your tongue or to just go along with the ungodliness because that's easier. In Ephesians chapter 5, verses 10 and 11, Ephesians 5, verses 10 and 11, it says, Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. Take no part in it. Instead, expose evil, expose darkness, 
call it out in love, respectfully, but call it out. Let your light shine in the darkness of our culture. That's what John was doing. Let your light shine at school. Let your light shine at the workplace. When you feel the pressure to go along with it, say, this is unlawful according to God. This is sin according to the Bible. So I I can't agree with it. I can't affirm that. I can't participate in that. Can't go along with it. I understand it's the policy of this company. I understand it's part of the curriculum here in the school system, but I'm I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I just can't go along with it because it's against the word. That's what John does. Again, he didn't have to. Wouldn't affect his life if he stayed silent. I mean, if there, you know, but he spoke up. Now, it was Herodias who was bugged that John condemned her relationship with Antipas. So verse 3, Antipas put John in prison for the sake of Herodias because it bothered her. And then after John was put in prison, Herodias plotted how she might have John put to death. So in verse 6, it says, when Herod's birthday was celebrated, the daughter of Herodias danced before them and pleased Herod. Now, the parties that Herod Antipas threw were the talk and envy of the entire Roman Empire. It was said, if you had never attended one of Herod's parties, you've never attended a true party. His birthday parties would last for several days, and they became known throughout the entire Roman Empire as the Days of Herod. He would have these huge, extravagant blowouts. And it's at one of Herod's birthday celebrations that we see here that the daughter of Herodias, she came and she danced before the men seductively, and it pleased Herod. Now, Herod's daughter was a young girl at this point. The word that's used in this passage is a word for a young girl. So she's maybe 12 years old, 13 years old. And and she's both Herod's stepdaughter and his niece. So there's a lot messed up with this story. Verse 7, therefore, he promised with an oath to give her whatever she might ask. And so she, having been prompted by her mother, said, give me John the Baptist's head here on a platter. And the king was sorry. Nevertheless, because of the oath and because of those who sat with him, he commanded it to be given to her. So he sent and had John beheaded in prison. And his head was brought on a platter and given to the girl, and she brought it to her mother. Now, back up in verse 1, Antipas hears the report about Jesus, and he is convinced that it's John the Baptist risen from the dead. Herod was plagued by a guilty conscience for killing John the Baptist. He was haunted by the death of John. And maybe you're here today and you are plagued by a guilty conscience over past choices you've made in your life. Maybe you are filled with regret and shame. Maybe you are haunted by your past. Well, listen, Jesus Christ can heal your broken heart. He can set you free from all of that guilt and shame. The blood of Jesus Christ can cleanse you and create in you a clean heart and give you a clear conscience. Now, just a few observations that we can make here about Herod. Galatians chapter 6 verse 8 says, Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death 
from that sinful nature. And that was true for Herod Antipas. He lived to satisfy his own sinful desires, and he reaped nothing but decay and destruction in his life. And you look at this story, and the first thing that I observe here with this story is just the role of drunkenness in the decision to put John to death. No doubt, Herod and his friends had quite a bit to drink at this celebration. No one makes good decisions when they're drinking. And so many of us here have deep, deep regrets over things that we said or things that we did or things that were done to us during a night of drinking. Proverbs 23 says, Who has anguish? Who has sorrow? Those who linger long over wine or alcohol just leads to anguish and sorrow. You look also at the role of lust and sexual depravity in this story. Herod was ruled by his sexual depravity. It was a life-controlling sin. He's attracted to a child, his niece, no less. And he was willing to give her whatever she asked. Verse 7 says he made an oath to give her whatever she asked. Someone controlled by sexual sin will give away everything to satisfy that sin. If your life is dominated by sexual sin, Jesus Christ can set you free. He can set you free. You also see in this story the role of pride. The role of pride. Herod Antipas made this oath in front of his guests. And when the daughter of Herodias asked for the head of John the Baptist, verse, seven, or verse 9 says the king was sorry. And nevertheless, because of the oaths and because of those who sat with him, he commanded it to be given to her. Herod was too prideful to say, hey, I misspoke. He was too prideful to just walk back his offer. He wanted to save face in front of his guests instead of showing humility, and his pride compelled him to go through with something that he didn't want to do. And how often does our pride and our concern for what others will think about us compel us to do things we don't really want to do and make bad choices? And now he's filled with regret and guilt over John the Baptist. Verse 13 says, when Jesus heard it, here's the news about John. He departed from there by boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the multitudes heard it, they followed him on foot from the cities. Now, Jesus, remember, was cousins with John, their family. And when he receives the news about John, he goes by boat to a deserted place by himself. Jesus got alone with the Father. Jesus often got alone with the Father to pray. Mark chapter 1, verse 35, it says of Jesus, Now in the morning, having, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. In Luke 11, in Luke 11 the disciples came to Jesus and asked him, Teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Not teach us how to pray, teach us to pray. And listen, this is the only thing that the disciples ever asked Jesus to teach them. They never said, teach us to do miracles. Teach us to heal people. Teach us to proclaim the gospel. The only thing they ever asked Jesus to teach them was teach us to pray. The disciples realized that the key to Jesus' power and his ability was his prayer life. If Jesus often got alone with the Father to pray, how much more do we need to spend time alone with the Father 
in prayer. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Matthew, verse by verse and chapter by chapter. As you listen through this series, we encourage you to read on your own as well. There's so much to gain from spending time with God in His Word. You'd be amazed at what can be revealed to you in a personal way. Did you hear something today that struck a chord with you and you'd like to hear it again? No problem. All of the messages you hear on Ring of Truth can be found on our website. Go to calvaryec.com and search for these teachings under the Media tab. While you're there, you'll likely find and explore other series or teachings that sound interesting. Are you growing through this study in Matthew? We sure hope so. Another resource you might find useful is our podcast. You can subscribe to the Ring of Truth podcast as another way to stay connected to the teaching of Scripture. We'll notify you each time we upload a new episode. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast on our website, calvaryec.com. You can also search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. If you're interested in learning more about the church that supports this radio ministry, our website has all the information you need about Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Come join us this weekend for worship and Bible study. Once again, that's calvaryec.com. Thanks for listening to Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.